Everything has a starting point. How many people agree to that? Why not our faith? You know, in the series that we're in, Start Here, what we've been talking about is if, as an adult, uh, as most people come to know Jesus Christ as a child, it's different than when you come to know Christ and make Him personal Lord and Savior of your life as an adult. Sometimes adults have a problem with just saying, just believe. And so what we're doing is if you never heard the stories, if you never read the Bible, what we're doing is we're going back into like even the early church in, in what they heard as their starting point of their faith. For their starting point could be our starting point today. This series has already given me another angle or another paradigm than I've had before about how much God loves us. Can we just open in prayer this morning? Father, thank you for all that you've given us. And especially your word. But God, we thank you for, for those that have heard and believed. And Father, now equip us as believers to even be able to communicate, God, what you have done for us, but also how you view things that we might be able to clearly and clarify things in a different way. Father, we give your Holy Spirit authority to customize this message for us. God, allow us to hear your voice today during this message as if you were speaking directly to each one of us. In your name we pray. Amen. The title of my message today is The Bad Word. You know, the bad word comes when we talk about the word sin. And, and a lot of times, this is a word that you probably will never hear out of the context of religion. And a lot of times, we, we know that no matter what kind of religion, there's always a word or something that, that has the same meaning as sin. In the world that we live in now, a lot of times, we don't use that word to one another. You know, you don't get pulled over by a policeman and go, oh no, I'm going to get a sin citation. You don't call your son in to, you know, have a little powwow and say, we're going to talk to you about your sinning, your father and your mother. We, we don't have a meeting at work where it's uh, at five o'clock, we're asking all the employees to come to the conference room because we're going to talk about safety and sinning against your work associates. It just isn't something that we do, even though sometimes maybe we'd want to. Uh, but why the word is so important in this series as we, again, for some of us, start fresh. We've never had a passionate for our faith. Maybe our, our wife was a Christian when we married her or our husband and and we've kind of gone along and agreed and, and, and cut, but we never really had the passion and the faith to say, you know what, I, I want to have a firsthand revelation. I want to I want to know Jesus for myself. Last week, as we started the series, we talked about where it all starts. It isn't a question of, you know, um, was Adam and Eve naked in the garden? No, you can talk about that among yourself. Or how deep was the flood that actually killed the Egyptian army? Was it, was it only two inches? Or there, that, that's not the question. The question is, who is Jesus? And we talked about how Paul, to a group of really scholars and philosophers, 
began to explain who Jesus was and how God sent him. And because of who Jesus is in our life, that we can have eternal life. And, and so this week, when we talk about this subject of sin, it, it's such a heavy word. And so many times we don't we don't like the word because it's so it has finality, doesn't it? Come on now. If, if this morning you went into a, a business room of people and it wasn't in the context of the church. And I was the talk speaker, whatever talker, and I said, hey, how many people have sinned? Probably people in the front row would look around like, I don't know, I'm not going to raise, is anybody going to raise their hand? Sin? But see, in the culture that we live in, we have substituted the word because it's such a heavy word, sin, for the word mistake. And so this morning, if we come into a place of a business setting and we say, okay, let me let me ask you today, if you're here, how many people have made a mistake? You know, people would raise their hand and they'd go. <laughs> if someone didn't raise their hand, what would we do? We'd look around, what do you, no, you think you're perfect? <laughs> okay, <laughs> mistake. And, the, and there's a sense that the word mistake kind of kind of dumbs it down a little bit that we all get in the same pot and we're okay, we're with that, we're okay with it. How many people have seen a, a, a news flash where somebody in the political realm has stood in front of a group of people and the TV cameras and said, I made a mistake. There's somebody that we've known that has blown up their family, their marriage, their jobs, and they say, I just made a mistake. And there's something about hearing that, that that it just doesn't go right with us because really when you think about it, a mistake is really just a lack of sufficient knowledge. Somebody that makes a mistake says, you know, I, 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 did, I didn't have all the knowledge and I just made a mistake. Now come on, a mistake is something that you do on a math test, right? It's when your wife sends you to the grocery store to get a head of lettuce and you bring back a head of cabbage. Been there, done that. That's a mistake. But something that is called a mistake, there's sometimes that we even, think about this, we even plan our mistakes. Some of us save up for our mistakes. Somebody has a stash of mistakes under their bed right now. Some people say, you know, well, I made a mistake, but you could see that it was premeditated. Some people make mistakes over and over and over. What do you call a person that makes mistakes and they premeditate them ahead of time knowing that they're going to make them? There's something about all of us that get into those places. And what do you do to make a mistake better? You, You correct it, right? And there's something in all of us that we think, you know what, it, this is where I'm going and, you know, I, I can take care of it myself and I can correct it. And, you know, after a while, you know, maybe even I'll be OK. And we try to correct ourselves. But the problem is that. Well, let me put it this way, the problem is <laughs> we are the problem. You're the problem. I'm the problem. We can't correct ourselves. 
Have you ever thought of how it just doesn't work that when you're trying to correct yourself and you've gone and you're kind of, wow, I've gone two weeks and I haven't, I haven't looked at those websites. I haven't drank as much and, and I haven't done that anymore. And I, I haven't gone to the mall and used my, whatever it is. That there's something about us that when we're trying to correct ourselves, we get to the place where we go, there's a part of us that kind of wants to uncorrect. You know what I mean? Have a cheat day. I've been so good. Everybody tracking with me? See, we're correcting ourselves, but there's something about it that we just say, there's a part of us that goes, you know what? I'm doing better, but I kind of I want to gravitate back to where I was. And we get on the crazy merry-go-round and we keep going around and round and round and round. And all of a sudden we begin to lose confidence because we say, I just can't do it. And there's something about it when we begin to think that it's bigger than just a mistake. Now, now watch this. A baby step in your faith is coming to the realization that it really might be a sin problem. This is not a theology exam or question, but I want you to see the definition of what I want you to see is, is maybe a a beginner in your faith is the definition of sinner. And that is someone who knows better but does it anyway. So this morning in this series, what if you never heard the stories of the Bible? Maybe you've never been in a place of a church or you just want to start over. This morning I want to talk about the word sin. And maybe in a different way, maybe not. Maybe in a way that it'll shift your paradigm and see something that you never saw before. Or maybe it'll be a confirmation of what you've always believed. Where would you start? See, as I talked about where it started in, in all of Christianity, is starting with Jesus. Let me tell you Jesus. Now this morning you might say, well, I, I really don't even believe that Jesus was the Messiah. Well, well you, We'll get to that. But this morning, I want you to see as we're, we're talking about Jesus, what was his view on sin? What, what really was written down that Jesus, by the people that were walking with him and talking with him and doing life together, what did they say? What was his view of sin? Not some pastor on a Sunday morning or grandmother that would wrap your knuckles with a ruler, whatever it was. That you heard about sin. What was Jesus' view on sin? And, and I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. Jesus' purpose in talking about sin was restoration, not condemnation. I'm going to ask you what goes off inside of you when you hear that. Let me say it again. Jesus' purpose in talking about sin was restoration, not condemnation. Because what goes off on the inside is, is something that will detect where you are and where I am. 
sometimes, as I've said, let me just say this. I've said it many times. Sometimes it's, it's easier to learn something new than it is to unlearn something that you always thought was right. Until we know that we're not just, ready, mistakers. Really, you can't be restored. See, Jesus said the only way that you can come to me is to recognize that you're a sinner and you need restoring or restoration in your life. How do you, how do you repair somebody that says it's just a mistake? I didn't know. Now, let me just ask you not, not to give any sign of this, no elbows or no, no looking at your wife. Or but if anybody's ever offended you in your life and, and somebody that has said something, done something, and they come to you and they want to kind of bring it back and restore it, and, and it was just a mistake. There's something about us that goes, wait, wait just a minute. There, there's something that was more than that. Especially when the person that has done it to you the, the offender says, sorry. Sorry. I know. Been caught. Sorry. And, and then it's, it, it's a little bit of a, a, a modification when, when it isn't working. I'm sorry. What? What was that? I'm sorry. Could you, could you put a little bit more, a little bit more emphasis on the I'm? And we go around and we think, you know what? If it's just a mistake, all I need is understanding from the other person. All I need to do is convince you that it was a mistake because I didn't have the full knowledge. And, and let's just move on. Quick, let's go, go, come on. Don't, don't think about it. And there's something about a relationship. That a person that just says, sorry. That the relationship has been broken and, and there's, there's, there's a way that we say, you know what, I, I just can't. The relationship can't be restored. Again, God said the only person can be restored is a person that seeks forgiveness. Now listen to this. Not as a person that's been in the church maybe 20 years, 50 years, 100 years. But a person that understands that you are a sinner. It's not the end, but it's the means to an important end. As you make your faith in God, you do not stay in the same state. But we all start to the realization I'm a sinner. Instead of dumbing it down. Jesus in, in today's sermon, I'm going I'm to bring out something that's going to be, I, I think, enlightening and refreshing for all of us. It was for me, again, as I'm studying this. And here's Jesus, and he comes on the scene. And he says, you'll never know my love for you until you know something about you. Until you know something about yourself, you'll, you'll never ever be able to receive the love that I have for you. Now watch this. 
Jesus comes at the perfect time in history. The Bible says, I mean, here he is, he's walking on earth and, and the group of people, especially his audience, are, are so divided and they, they just, they're, they're just like us, really, we're messed up. And, and Jesus comes on the scene and, and, and he takes what they have been carrying as far as sin in that culture and they're, they're, they're kind of weighed down a little bit and the reason they're weighed down because they don't see any way out. And Jesus begins to jack up. I mean, he begins to winch it up. Here's where you're. Here's where you're at, really. Now, watch this. This is just in Matthew chapter five, verse twenty. Jesus is talking to this group of people, and you can see them. I, I don't know the scenario on every situation where Jesus talked to the crowds, but you know that the, usually they've come from long distances. They want to hear something, and it says this, For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of God. Well, well just a minute. Did you say if we're not as righteous or more righteous than these guys? They're, they're getting paid to be ceremonial clean so they can hear God. You, you're telling me that I've got to be even more righteous than they are? I'm doomed. I'm, I'm just here right now. I, there's no way I can. And you would think that Jesus would be quick to relieve that pressure in this story, but He keeps going. And He, begin, he begins to winch it up more, and it says this in verse 21. You have heard that it was said people long ago, you shall not murder. And you kind of feel, whew, I'm glad I didn't murder anybody. I was thinking about it the other day. And then he goes on to say, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister. Man, he could have left off the sister. He could have left off the Philadelphia Eagle fan. I'm feeling a warm sensation over here. If you're angry, just period. See, Jesus is talking about words and our emotions. Watch this. If you're angry with a brother or sister, we'll be subject to judgment. Wow. Again, anyone who says to his brother or sister, Raka, which means to be in contempt with somebody, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. These people are going, we're doomed. There is no hope for us. You think Jesus would say, ha, not yet. He even puts it up a little higher when he says, verse 27. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. All the men in the room and ladies, <laughs> Never done that before. <laughs> yeah, good. I'm glad. I That's one. But then he goes on to say, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Come on. Is my wife in the room? Come on. Give me two what? 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 Are you telling me that just looking? Do you understand what is happening here? People all through history try to come down to, I'm a mistaker. And Jesus says, you're doomed. What I'm telling you is you're doomed. The people are saying, we're doomed. And when they get to the place of understanding what Jesus is saying, they're going, 
what? But here's where it happens. Jesus is coming to people that now realize their state. And he says, good news. I'm coming and I'm here today, right here talking to you. Because I'm into doomed people. Anybody thankful besides this guy? Here they're processing this. They're thinking, how in the world could, could this happen? We need a Savior. Is He the Savior of the world? The story goes on in the Word of God that, that what happens, this is, a, this is actually what happened. This is what is written by the people that were there that saw it. A woman was brought in that had committed adultery into the presence of Jesus. They brought her in. They put her there in front of Him and said, <laughs> what are we going to do now, Jesus? You got all the answers. You are the answer, you say. So what do we do with this lady? We caught her. This isn't mental adultery. This is physical. This is a lady that's been caught. The crowd begins to gather around and start tossing rocks up, huh? Because we know she's a sinner, but we're mistakers. Now, I want you to hear this because, again, this is what was spoken through Jesus. After being caught in adultery, he is saying, you were caught in adultery. There is no excuses. If there was possibility of pictures, video, it's here. You're, you're, you're guilty. There was no arguing the subject. Was she in adultery? Or was, everybody agrees and she knows she was. And Jesus says these words. I don't condemn you. Go. And sin no more. Now. Again. When we hear that. We realize that Jesus. Realizes and is communicating. That sin breaks. Relationships. And not accepting that we are sinners, but accepting, well, we're just mistakers. There's no need for forgiveness. The Bible continues. Until we recognize that we're sinners, we don't need forgiveness. Therefore, we don't need reconciliation. So Jesus goes in chapter 15 of Luke, and again, this is not only what we say is sacred because it's the Word of God, but this is what was written down, the people that were there. And, and Jesus begins to communicate, man, just an amazing chapter in his life and into the people. And he begins to tell this story about how he gets that the people of the earth are doomed and that he's here for a reason, because he loves doomed people. He knows that he's here for a purpose, and that is to bring reconciliation between man and God. And so in Luke chapter 15, he talks about a lost coin and a lady sweeping all her room and, and finally finding it and rejoicing because she found the lost coin. 
And then there's a, a, a story of the lost sheep and how the, the shepherd will lead the 99 to go find because of the love that the shepherd had for the sheep. Again, a story that Jesus is communicating to the people of that day of the love that he, he gives it. You're doomed. But then in Luke chapter 15, he talks about the lost son. We've heard it, the prodigal son. I love it, the compassionate father story. If you've never heard it before, I encourage you to read it. Luke chapter 15, it starts where the, the father and the, has two sons and the younger son really wants his inheritance early. And because his father isn't dead yet, he comes and says, give me my half. The father gives him his share of the inheritance. He leaves, it says, for a distant country. And really, he acts out sin. To the point that one day he... And, and it, it's almost... Every time you read the story, you, you realize that he has come to the bottom of the bottle because he's feeding pigs in the pig pen. And he, he's, he realizes where he is at and he doesn't like to be there. And he gets this self-awareness. I want you to hear that. A self-awareness that he will quit calling it a mistake if he had in the past and come to the realization that he had sinned against God and his father. And, and he gets this revelation that if I go back home, I can, I can at, the, at the very least be a servant and I'll be better off in my father's house as a servant than I am here in the pig pen. And he makes that trip home. I, I've read this story so many times in my life and I wonder how many times he tried to talk himself out from the moment that he begins to the moment that he gets close to the house. And like so many people that have never put their faith in God, they always try to talk themselves out that there won't be a good ending to the story. So as insane as it sounds, they would rather stay in the pig pen. But the son begins to go home. Now, now this is where our, our compassionate father title comes in because Jesus is telling a story that we, we don't know is true. It, it's a parable. It's a, it's a kind of a story that is making his point that people can see verbal pictures and, and they can understand. And so what happens is the, the Bible says, and, and when I say the Bible says, I mean this is what people wrote down, that the Father sees him a long distance off. You know what? I, I could just almost end the story right there because I know the end and I just always get, wow. What was the father doing that he could see him a far ways off? He's constantly looking. Maybe today. Now picture the son. We don't know if he's even cleaned up or even if he has the resources to clean up. And he gets close enough to the house that he can see it. As he's getting closer and closer. The patriarch. 
is out in front. And he sees something, but it, his mind doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Have you ever seen something, but it just didn't make sense how that could happen? And it says that the, the father comes running. And when he gets to his son, the son says, Father, I've sinned against you and against God. Now, now watch this. Those are the words that are the key. You, you know what a key is. You can have a lot of different keys and it's not going to start your car or the key to get you in the house. But the right key is going to open up the doors. It's going to start the car. It's going to give you access. And the story goes like this. When the father heard that, he didn't even acknowledge he said that. But he yells at his servants. Go and bring a robe and put it on his back, which means to cover his nakedness, cover if he's dirty. I don't want anybody to see him in this state. Go get sandals and put it on his feet so he didn't have any shoes. If you had shoes on, you weren't a slave, but you're part of my family. And then he says, go and get a ring and put it on his finger. Again, a signet ring that would say he's a son and not a servant. And then he said, the fatted calf because we're going to celebrate. Now, in the series that we're talking about, I want you to understand, here's people that are listening to this that realize they're doomed. There's no way they're going to go any further. And their end, in a few years of life, they're, they're, they're done. And they begin to hear this. And, and I wonder why, I wonder, I'm thinking, and you know, as you look at all the different things, there's somebody reading that going, why would he celebrate that? Wouldn't he be really rewarding the son for bad behavior? Well, we, we just had a wonderful Christian education hour. I said that, you heard this. And all of us have different temperaments, therefore we hear it a certain way as a, a melancholy versus a cleric, a sanguine, and a flame. And we talked about it today, and I want to encourage you. Don't, don't, don't cheat yourself in not knowing how to walk in love with one another and how to get over obstacles, because there's nothing that you can trade for that hour this morning that's probably more valuable than that hour that was this that we taught, because you know, you'll understand your wife better. You'll give me grace better. <laughs> okay, back to our story. Here, here's the people that are listening. They go, why would you celebrate? Why would you kill the fatty calf for that? And the father says, this son that was dead, he wasn't dead. He was dead to me. I might have known, knew where he was. He was in that disc, but he was dead. We didn't have a relationship anymore. The sin had broken the relationship and he was lost. Now, those people that are hearing this, 
to realize what's going on. Here's the son, he gets up and he makes the choice, a choice, he gets up and makes a choice to go home to the father. When he gets to the father, there's no way that he could have predicted that. But what happens changes his life and changes everybody that's there that hears that story that day. This morning, in the series, Start Here. And we're thinking of a new start, re-jumping our faith. Maybe as an adult, you've never had faith. This morning, I want you to see this, because last week we talked about is where we start is Jesus. But this morning, I want you to see that the sin in our life, when we come to realize that there is a, a separation between our relationship with God, and the only way that we can be reconciled is recognizing that we're a sinner. So recognition of sin paves the way to restoration. Not recognition of sin paves the way to condemnation. See, somewhere, somehow, someone has picked up the fact that is if I admit that I'm a sinner, then it's done. I'm doomed for life. And the hereafter. So I won't admit it. Therefore, I won't. I'll look for excuses to excuse it away. And my relationship will only be on a surface with God. Just it's real shallow. And I've found out that sometimes people will stay in the pig pen because of that lie right there. As I come to the end of this week's sermon, it might be in a paradigm shift for some of us. But I want to talk about the rest of that story. Another figure just can't understand or grip the view that Jesus is trying to communicate. He's called the older brother. He, he, he's the one that didn't go off and sin. Do you hear me? He's the one that said, I'm okay, and I'm okay, and I'm okay, and I've done everything that you've asked me to do. I'm okay. And when the son that comes home, the younger brother, he says, why are you rewarding him for his behavior? I want to warn all of us this morning, and I'll throw in John Miller. So you won't think I'm just pointing the finger at you. This morning, if you come to know Jesus Christ and make him personal savior of your life, you ask forgiveness of your sin and receive restoration. It could be that one day. That you'll recognize yourself as the older brother. And you'll forget all the things that God has forgiven you. And that you were doomed just as much as the younger brother. But here's how I cannot 
ever tell this story without adding this. I tried today. I tried to leave this out, but I just can't. Is in our world, as the Bible calls Jesus as our older brother, this is a point of faith. This is a point where you start your faith, and it's just a baby step, but if you realize that our older brother, Jesus, came from heaven to earth, He didn't come to give us a message. And the message is, you're doomed and going to hell. Good luck. But he came and said, I've come to seek to save those that are lost. I've come for you. This morning, you might not, this is only week two, so you might not even say, I, I'm, not, I'm not you know, a believer. That's okay at this point. Understand, Jesus says that I've come to seek and to save those that are doomed, those that are lost, those that are sinners, those that are in the pig pen, those that feel hopeless, those that realize you're just not a mistaker, those that need reconciliation. That's the whole reason why God loved you in order to send His Son to seek and to save, to look for you, and to give you the good news that He loves you. Let's pray. Father, You are a wonderful Father. God, we are so thankful in this story of how the compassionate Father loved both of His sons. But God, we, we come to recognize our sin. And God, we say thank you for receiving us into the family and even back into the family. God, we realize that we're more than a mistaker. But God, that we all are starting out as sinners. Father, we receive your grace today in our life. Father, we thank you so much for your grace. In your wonderful name we pray. God, we thank you. Amen and amen.